0: Hey, this is Chris Lockwood, and you're listening to the Chris Lockwood Podcast, alive In a blaze. Welcome to the Chris Lockwood Podcast, where we have the privilege of hearing from people just like you, just like me, who are seeking, learning, growing, striving to better understand just what it means to be fully alive and how that translates in the day-to-day. Well, hello there, friends. I am Chris Lockwood. I hope your day or evening, whenever you're listening to this, is going incredibly well. I gotta say, I'm so very, very grateful for all of the listeners out there who are supporting this podcast, listening, sharing it, sending messages. Thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. This honestly has been such a source of inspiration for me as I hope it has been for you. I personally feel like I've in some ways missed out on much of my life because I've not been the most engaging person when it comes to really connecting with people on more than a surface level. Uh, I probably, due to the demons in my closet or the insecurities of my my past or my present, depending on how you look at it, have always been one to keep most people, not all, but most people at a safe arm's length. Uh, Maybe you're one of those people and you know exactly where I'm coming from, or maybe I'm the only one on the planet like that. Nonetheless, this podcast has been such a great opportunity for me to practice being a person of substance, practice. As I learn to connect with people on more of a heart level, become a better listener who tries to understand, as well as appreciate the humanity of others, whether I agree or disagree with them in the end. The reality is that relationship is what we are wired for, and I want more of that in my life. But not just relationship for the sake of relationship, but for the sake of learning. Learning to love, learning to serve, learning things that I might not ever discover should I not look outside of myself. So I hope this is inspiring to you, Uh, helpful, motivating, challenging. Uh, I've got a lot of work to do in getting more guests, Uh, even guests that I feel are a bit out of my reach right now. But I'm staying the course, and I do it because I want this podcast to be a resource that empowers and motivates you to live the life for which you were created to live, a life where you come alive and truly thrive. Well, this week's podcast is part one of a two-part conversation, and it's going to be awesome because I am talking to the amazing Miss Patty Cake, whose real name is actually Jean Thomason. Now, you might not have a clue as to who I'm talking about. My kids do, though. But if you don't and you are a parent, a soon-to-be parent, or at least it's on your radar to someday be a parent, you are more than likely racking your brain, or at least you will be, trust me trying to figure out on how in the heck you're going to successfully raise children in this crazy world. And that's where Jean steps in, and that is her specialty. If I could sum up what her life's work of 20 years has been in my own words, I would say Jean engages and educates little minds on a level where they can begin to fully grasp and comprehend God. Now, you may not believe in God, and that's fine, but I encourage you to take time and listen to what she has to say. There's so much good food for thought here. Uh, Jean has also written a new book entitled Pep Talks, which is a can-do guide in sharing God's big love with little lives. So whether you be a parent, grandparent, teacher, whatever, this book is an easy read, but very insightful and very helpful in giving you practical advice as you try to better the lives of the children for which you are responsible. Uh, my wife actually read over half the book the other night and said it was fantastic, so Uh, We talk about her career as Patty Cake, the new book, her life, her struggles, and why she feels it's necessary for us to start teaching our children about God from day one. Because if we don't take responsibility for our children, somebody else will. So here we go. Part one of two. And just so you know, before you call your kids into the room and tell them that Patty Cake is about to be on the internet, this is a conversation more for the adults. So ladies and gentlemen, my friend... Miss Jean Patty Cake Thomason. Is this the new cover?
1: That's no, that's the old. Cover. Oh, okay, as yeah, you I can, can see. see it's just pixely and just some odd things that happened on the inside. And okay, the so pixel. tell
0: what happened. <laughs> the cover is messed was messed up. That's yeah. all you need to say.
1: Well, and this is your first book. It is. And it's the first book for adults. Yeah, okay. Like, I've written four or five children's books for as Patty Kate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is the first adult book. Like, what's the point
0: of this one? Like,
1: This is a, I, I, I think the byline is good, that I, I can do guide for sharing God's big love with little lives. And the, I, the idea is this. Congratulations, you're a parent. <laughs> you wanted a baby, but what you got was a person. Yeah. And you're responsible for this person's spiritual formation what is that yeah. you know and how do you go about starting early to lay a foundation on which salvation and faith can be built yeah. and that's and when do and when do you start you start from infancy yeah. and so from day, from day 1 from in utero you know john the baptist was filled with the let by the holy spirit in the womb yeah. and just you know Jesus said, I mean, the word says about Jeremiah, before you know, in the womb I chose you and I put my words in you, in the womb, you know, yeah. just things like that. Just, and and parents, especially young, young parents, people younger than you, yeah. are like, oh boy, oh boy, we're going to have a baby. And then they're just, they, you know, they, and they think to themselves, well, I'll take them to church.
0: Yeah, that'll fix it.
1: That'll fix it. And that's, if you go to church every Sunday, that's four hours a month. Yeah, <laughs> and so you know, and it's just one of those things that um, that after twenty five years, twenty four years of working, of being exposed to little children, I did, this was not in my nowhere in my brain. What, what brought it on? I had to d- do patty cake. I had children.
0: Oh, okay. I think you saw the book. Oh, the book.
1: Oh. I have a friend who for five years has been telling me, Jim Weidman, of course, yeah. who's been saying, "Cake, you've got to write a book. you got to write a book. I was like, <laughs> shut up. I don't write books. I write songs. You know, and he was like, you got to write a book. you got to write a book. And, and But just going, going. And, go on. and um, I went to, uh, I was in a church in Albany, Georgia. Big, big church. Shirley? Shirley. And I was arrested by a sign on the wall I actually took a picture of the sign that's in the new version of this book. But this is what the sign said. Huge banner across their fellowship. Whoever
0: off. wants the next generation the most will get them.
1: And I i mean, it was an arrow in my... It was an arrow. I felt the Lord just go... Kah. I was like... <laughs> and that was um two years ago.
0: I mean, like, that kind of sums up, two and I and think, why ago. we... Um, you know, because Joy and I were both public school kids. Like, while we feel like we want to homeschool it's just because like we want to make sure that we try to like help them as much as we possibly can while we have them at home you know
1: well there's no worldview in this public sector there's no worldview that includes God anywhere yeah so um,
0: so do you think that was the moment like did you go I gotta write a book or was it kind of like well that's that's
1: well I think that that was the I think that that capped it. it because for me, I've been knowing and I've I've had files where I just like pull things together, but just the 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 idea to the idea to try to organize something was daunting to me. I'm not oh, I'm gonna wing it you know kind of <laughs> person, and so this this for me was daunting. So this and I then I went to see a friend of mine who is a crazy creative, amazing woman painter, and she but she is she is like Okay, here we go. It's not hard to do this. All you need is an outline. I'm going to help you with it. Ready? We're going to use A E I O U. I mean, she was like, okay, and you're going to take that, and that's your acrostic, and blah, 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 blah. Well, that was, you know, she, she's like trying to take a drink out of a fire hydrant, you know, that <laughs> kind of a person. And you're like, okay. I, I. So, <laughs> so. Um, I've never so heard
0: I, that
1: analogy I, I went home and said, um, okay, she can do it, I can do it. You know, just so, I, and so I. Really, I know. God helped me is all I have to say. Yeah. I, I decided because my life... Okay. Because because my, the, the, the way God, what, what the Lord did to me in my life, early in my life, when I really stepped into um, an understanding of the presence of God and the Holy Spirit filling yeah. my life, because I grew up in a Baptist, very regimented, you know, by legalistic book. kind of a thing yeah. just thinking don't do this don't do this and I didn't understand I didn't ever embrace a love relationship with God in, until I was about 23 22 23 and that changed everything for yeah. me and so that you know when I'm looking at Daniel <laughs> off the record you know, and I'm going like I'm, I'm looking, going, I, I, I had that talent, you know. I have the sense of the Holy Spirit going, I know you have that talent. That's why I'll put you over here.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so that, because the cream rises to the top, you know, people, you, your gifts make a way for you. Yeah. And so, um, uh, my, my gifts made a way for me. And what I have to remind myself all the time is that I, oh, this is my little thing, I must... I must be about my father's business. Hmm. And Jesus said, let the children come to me. And when I look, when you step back and look at the scope of everything, children's ministry is incredibly undervalued in the the body, in the church at large. There are very few Alan Jacksons in the world who have a big, big heart for children. Most of the the time they're like, tip their hat. They're like, well, yeah, yeah, you've got to do something for children. They're cute. It's insane. Yeah. Because the the statistics scream at us. We're we're, they're dropping to the culture like flies. Mm. So, jeez, I can talk all day about this. So you no, better I mean, you better it, read me in. No, it,
0: no, it's funny because like, I mean, you've filled uh, a big void in a, in a way, or you've helped fill the void, you know, from a from Christians trying to tackle that sort of thing, you know, and that there hasn't been a lot of um, it, you know, people might think it's cute entertainment to entertain their kids while they're cleaning the kitchen or something like that you know if you're watching your DVD but like it really is like the heart of what you're doing like you've there's been there has been a gap in like how the church is trying to progressively attack that and you've been a big voice in trying to be a voice for the children yeah know?
1: and the hard thing is that the hard, the hard thing is there's no money and mm-hmm. Chris and I were driving back from this graduation just talking about how sad it is that We've had so many dreams and so many visions. And if I let myself get sad and upset about it because um, just somebody believing that this is worth spending money on, because yeah. there's not going to be a big return. You yeah. know, the sad thing. You remember me telling you when you said, how are you not a millionaire? And I wrote, <laughs> which, I, which I said, isn't that funny? I think about that occasionally, but I wrote back and I said, because all my fans have no money. You know, just, you. I have to, the, this is... This is one of the things that I'm doing. I'm thinking to myself, if I can tell everybody why I do what I do, yeah. and why we created Miss Patty Cake, and why it's important for them to buy my resources. I don't care if they buy my resources, just something. But there's there are very few things out there, you, you know. Look at the apps that are out there for children. They're the wheels on the bus go round around, and around. I'm just like nothing wrong with that, but it's bless Yeah. And um, how?
0: There's no point. Yeah, like, it's just kind of like uh. it's entertainment.
1: Yeah. I, one of my, I had a I had a de- defining moment in my life, and I think this might have been this is probably five years ago something that happened to me. I was in a church. You'll love this. um I was at a church in Georgia, and the children's pastor, the sweet man, and he was so excited about having me at this church and so thrilled. And he had worked and worked and worked. And this is a small town. There were 500 people. The church was completely packed. So the pastor made his appearance. You know, he came and. I know, God, I know, but, okay, this is how I felt about it. So anyway, he showed up to greet the people and pray the prayer, and then he's leaving out the back door because it's a children's gig, you know. Uh-huh. So he meets me backstage, and he's, he's probably younger than I am, you know, but he was like, oh, Miss Patty Cake, we're just so glad to have you here. Thank you for coming to entertain the children. And I went, you, you think I'm here to entertain the children? Did you tell him that? Yes. I said, I'm sorry. I am not here to entertain these children. And he was like, you know, he's looking at me in my full costume and everything. He was like, <laughs> here's his clown. Uh, I know. He's looking at me going, uh, and I said, no, no, no. I dress this way so the children will pay attention to me. But I am here to train your parents and teachers and give them whatever I said. Anyway, it was one of those days that all the words were like exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah. To give them um, tools and um, and energize them and encourage them that they, with all their time, can sing and talk about God in a mm-hmm. happy, fun way That they're, so their children can be, you know, something, something. And this guy was just like, you know, it was he was like, oh, 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 oh okay, oh, okay, that, yeah, that sounds great, or whatever. I don't even remember what he said, but I just I was so indignant. Oh. And I thought... You know, this, this is the this is the, fight, the the fight is real. You know, when Paul said the fight is the the battle is real, fight is real. What did he say? The battle is real. I have to look that up. Um, I just said this this is what these are the morons I have to deal with. Yeah. You know, how have you missed this? You want to say to a pastor, how did you miss? You know what the statistics are? This is a two thousand four statistic. Eighty five percent of all of us who are believers in Jesus came to faith by the time we were eight. Eight, eight years old, eighty-five percent of us. Where's all the money and the effort going to? Eight-year-olds and below. You know what I'm saying? It's like no. Are you kidding? It just—it's almost like McFly. I'm. You know. Wh- what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, don't stop doing what you're doing for nine-year-olds and above. But then they're the tithers. You know. You have to just. But. Yeah. But oh my goodness! If this is true, and it is, you know. What is wrong with people? I and so the, one of the funnier things that happened to me one day when I was really mad and praying and yelling at God about this.
0: <laughs> I would love to be a fly on the wall in your house so on mad. a day-to-day basis. Just
1: yelling at the Lord and just saying, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You know, a while the Lord goes, did you think this was going to be easy? Yeah. And I go, oh, yeah.
0: Do you think that this could be the start of something, a new path?
1: Oh, yeah. What I'm trying to do is create gene. I'm trying to build Jean next to Miss patty K.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Because what I want to do is talk about, over here, what this is. But I want to encourage people to copy me. Yeah. Imitate me. Do, don't imitate me. Create your own thing. Yeah. Do something different. You don't have to dress up in a crazy costume. But you know what? It helps. Yeah. Because kids go like, she doesn't look like a mommy, you know. Excuse me. I wonder what she is, you know? Yeah. I and, and they'll go, I like it. You have pockets. That's a hand. That's a heart. You know, it's intriguing. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> plus, it gives another voice for you, the parent. You can say to Ella or William, you can say, ah, remember Miss Pattycake says you can be a helper? Can mm-hmm. you be a helper like Miss Cake says you can be a helper? And then suddenly they go, oh, I want to be like Miss Pattycake instead of I have to obey my daddy. It's this whole different dynamic. Yeah. And so... Um, um. this is 20 years this year for me 20 years
0: I read that I was kind of shocked Yeah. are you shocked? Yeah, does it been, feel like 20 years or does it? Is it like wow I can't believe it's been 20 years but it sounds like it's been a hard road so it it's has like, been it feels like 30
1: it has been yeah it's easy yeah 20 years I don't you know it's really weird the older you get the more you go oh yeah I was just there a, you know a few months ago no Gene, that was 4 years ago yeah. you go because it just
0: flies. I know that my dad was telling me, you know, I've, he's been telling me that since I was, you know, a wee little one. But yesterday was my birthday, and so we're talking on the phone, and um, he's asking about okay. the kids, and he's like, he's like, Chris is just going to keep going. Like, just enjoy it. He's like, you've got the, uh, such a great family, and, but you know, he's like, just, you need to enjoy it. You're going to keep getting older, and, and you're going to be amazed at how... Fast, it's gonna blow by, and you hear that. I know. But I think even at thirty-eight, I'm like, God, I just—I feel like I just graduated high school. I know. A couple of years ago. Well, guess
1: what? You're never gonna not feel that way. Yeah. That's what's so weird. You're you're never, you're never gonna not feel
0: like that. So the idea is to live in a way that where you don't feel like you have to redeem the last day, the last month, the last year, the last ten. You know what I mean? Like, how do you live in a way where it's just (laughs) fully, full on, fully
1: present in your moment?
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah, twenty years. That's
1: amazing let's see about some fun stuff so <clears throat> I'll write this down if you want me to talk about it. <clears throat> so I was one day um, praying and out of nowhere the Lord I heard the spirit of God say I just love it when God talks to me and you always know it's the Holy Spirit when he says something that you're not smart enough to think of or <laughs> it's something bizarre that you go what that's you know. all the time for me yeah really so the, the spirit of God said you're the you're the Lorax and the Lorax. I, and I was like, well, okay, that's a Dr. Seuss character. And I went to my bookshelf and found the book and read the book. And just because I didn't remember what this real story was. Yeah. But the Lorax is a little bitty, crazy-looking guy who who is an advocate for the trees. And the trees have no defender, and they're being clear-cut by the Wunzler. Huh. And it's this perfect picture of what the culture does to children. They yeah. just, they just come and clear cut them. They were like, we'll take, I'll take, I'll take them all. You know, that's what the culture does. And the enemy just pulls them all down. Well, for
0: like, uh, for clarity's sake, for uh-huh. like people listening, when you say the culture does that, what do you, what do you think? Like example wise, like when you say the culture kind of just takes the um, legs out from under kids.
1: Well, they're go- they're going to be, they're going to, we're all being brainwashed. Yeah. And and that's just the natural way of things. But unless a parent intervenes and has another agenda, the agenda of the culture is for them to live godless. And so me, all media, almost, <clears throat> almost just secular media, secular art, secular entertainment, um, education... Uh, trying to think of like the seven pillars of society you know arts and entertainment media uh, media economy unless you take them to church even government you know the government is trying to regulate insanity like the bathroom thing that's insanity and it's it's immoral if you really look at it you know it's um so anyway that's when the culture is just their agenda is godless
0: yeah
1: and we are the lorax we have to walk in and go um um I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. Do not, do not cut them down, please. Yeah. You know, that's what he says, you know. And so, um, uh, and so that's that's what the Lord told me that Miss Cake was like a Lorax that I was going, I'm, you know, I'm waving the flag. You know, pay attention. Yeah. These children, you have to put it in early. You have to start early. You have to build this foundation so that, now, Jesus can always come in in a cataclysmic way and, and, and yank someone out of, of course, and he does it all the time, you know, but... For the most part, that 85% and eight years old is sobering and should be terrifying. Yeah. It should be I mean, terrifying. My daughter's
0: eight years old, oh with this one right now. Uh-huh. And I can totally see where, like, just in her personality, where it's sort of that you feel like she's starting to, like, figure out she can test the waters a little bit, and, you know, mm-hmm. even more so than the last, it's not like she's been an angel for the last seven years, eight years, but, like, but now I feel like, and I can see where, like, she would be more open to uh, peer pressure and influence, you know, which is because she's be trying to be more of an individual now, you know. So when you say eight years or younger, I can totally see how.
1: There's a quote in here from Saint Ignatius. I tried really hard to pull some ancient wisdom into this, just be, so you know, so it wouldn't just be just like, oh, this is what this woman says, but this is what the word says. That's good. But he says, "Give me, give me a, give me a child until he is seven. And I will show you the man, you know. And I'll tell you who he'll be forever. Hmm. The I'm oh, sorry. The Catholic Church knew that. The the Communist Party knew that. The Catholic Church says, give us a child until he's five, and he'll be ours forever.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah,
1: because it's the it's the brainwashing, and it's not that it's indoctrinating. It's uh, it's just teaching. It's yeah. um, it's the it's formation. That's why I love the word spiritual formation because they are. They're forming their yeah. thoughts their processes their habits their sense of morality and all that kind of stuff that's why the, that's why the Muslims are are what they're doing to their children yeah. they're their, well,
0: what what we're talking about is way more important than this but I just last week I kind of every once in a while I do a, a podcast where it's just me kind of talking mm-hmm. and I just kind of use the food industry as an example um uh Romans 12 too is like the last two years is really God's really like drove that in my head about not conforming mm-hmm. and um, transforming our thoughts and embracing like the life that God has for us, but we're so easily influenced by the culture. and yeah. I use the example of like this is not as important as, as you know God and, and versus not God but the food industry um, and how you're brainwashed they did in 2014 they did 5.72 trillion dollars in retail and revenue and stuff and sales. And so we're brainwashed into the the five main food groups, and this is what you have to eat in it, or have a balanced meal on stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that they really care about that. They care about the $5.72 trillion and continuing to increase that. And I mean, you look at the crap that's on the shelves, if they really cared about a balanced meal, 90% of what's in the store would be gone, you know? So, um,. So I don't think it's crazy when you say because that's something very small compared to uh, what the, what you're talking about. But it's it is the same thing. It's they have there's an agenda out there. Yeah. And and you know what the church I was thinking about what you were talking like the people in the church Christians Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, is who pops up my head. And I'm completely blank of anybody else right now. But it's usually Martin Luth even Martin Luther, like the ones the ch- Christians the church they are the ones that usually have like created this movement. In, time, in different times and stuff, where they kind of go against the culture and say, we want a change or a reformation or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, it's almost like the culture of the government, I can see why they wouldn't like the church because it's usually the church that's saying, I want to go against yeah, yeah, the sure. grain, you against, know?
1: Against the government, against the culture. Yeah, and people die for it. Yeah. So, you know.
0: <sighs> you willing to die for it? That's a really good question. <laughs>
1: you know, you know that the horrible scripture in hebrews that says in your struggle against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood yeah. you go really god shed my blood it's that bad i know i'm that bad because especially in sin america is that bad like
0: ministry and i've I, I continue to struggle with this the balance of um capitalism and ministry you oh, know phew. of of when does it matter about the paycheck and when does it matter about just being all in for god you know like that's hard i, I still to this day and i've been someone who has sold product at churches but i still struggle with like would jesus throw over my my product table if he came to this concert tonight you know like because i've turned it into um a sales event you know what i mean like but
1: back up though back up and ask yourself why did i make this music and what is the, what's the reason i've made this music yeah. And what you know is this, and what I know is this. When somebody buys this book, I'm going to take that money and turn around and print more books. Yeah. And, um, Miss Paddock has never made any money. Yeah. And, um, and Chris is out there work, doing kingdom work, and then when he comes back and he's made enough money, he's paid, he's paid the electricity. You know, we don't have a boat, and we don't have a, you know what I'm saying, it's, or whatever. I, it's not that. I'm not, that's not even proud. If we did have a boat, fine. Yeah. You know, but, um, um. Don't let the enemy beat you up for that. Yeah. Because you you can't give away your ministry. And you don't know where when you make something like this, um, you know who Chris Rice is? Yeah. Chris used to, he was in our wedding and he lived with us for four years until That's Marilyn funny. was born. So, and he was like so adamant. He was like, I won't, I won't do this and I won't do that. And I finally remember the day that I got in his face and I said, brother, I just call him Rice. Rice, listen to me. A record can go where you can never go and a record has wings and a, and a you know a, a, a CD book. has wings and a book has wings and it can go to I just mailed one of these to Indonesia yet wow. last week you, you just you don't know where God wants to take what it is that he has poured through you so um yeah you so so um I wish I could give them and Chris and I always say this I wish I could make DVDs enough to just like Here, take them, be free, and hand hand them out. But here's another thing. People don't appreciate what they don't pay for. That's true. And um, that's why you have to charge for it. It's the craziest
0: It's strange.
1: Don't let the enemy lie to you (laughs) about that. Because I've been there, and I've really struggled with that, and I really laid it before the Lord and cried about it. And it's just, I feel like the Lord just said, How? You know, this is why I let Gutenberg invent the printing press, yeah. so that the word of God could go places and people could actually have it in their hands, and 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 so That's true. Yeah. you got to pay for the paper and the ink. Yeah. So, um, anyway, somebody has to figure it out.
0: Okay, I'm going to let's, let's
1: start before we before no, we the talk
0: all day. Look, we're in.
1: We're in. <laughs> Are you like, recording all we're this?
0: Deep in. You're so
1: funny. I love
0: it. All right. I want people to know, we're going to get back into patty cake and motherhood and all that stuff here eventually, but um, uh, I do want to like, I kind of like just want to hear like your background. You really
1: like really recorded all that?
0: It's all there. I'm going to kill you. No, it's good. It's okay. good stuff.
1: All right, good.
0: It's the heart. <laughs> it's the real, it's the, it's the dark it's patty that, cake. It's <laughs> the dark
1: side of patty the cake. Patty cake after
0: dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I want to know where you were born and raised.
1: Okay. So um, I'm I'm a Southern girl. I'm from Alabama. I, I was born in California because my father was in the army. And but then <laughs> but then they moved us back home to Birmingham, Alabama. Now my grandmother is a debutante from Montgomery, Alabama. And she was a gorgeous, wonderful Southern woman, and she talked exactly like she, really? she was fabulous. And she was a singer. She was an amazing woman, and I loved her amazingly. She was, and in her day, she was a rarity because she didn't get married until she was thirty, which was scandalous.
0: Yeah,
1: that's not the right word. (laughs) It was. I just um, like the way
0: you say it. I know it was was scandalous. It
1: it was. Her parents thought she would never get married, but anyway, she uh, she went to college, to um, a, a girls' school in Alabama. And then after college, and she majored in music. She was a singer. How funny. I know. And after college, she decided to be a teacher at a school and teach music. And she did that for a couple of years. And she went to see her her father and said, Daddy, this is not working for me. I'm never going to be a school teacher. I I can't abide the children. So I'm going off to New York, and I'm going to go to school. So she did. She packed her little bags up in 1926 and 27, And she went to New York, and she studied at... Columbia, she um, studied Jeez. English there, and then she went to Juilliard and took voice lessons. So she has wow. always been sort of my hero in life, and Heck just yeah. an amazing woman. So I didn't marry until 29, but... Um,
0: what and, a and, great heritage, I, know, I like to look and back uh,
1: And love, she was an amazing woman. She taught Sunday school for years and years, and at Southside Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama, she was the Bonnie Howard class. Oh. Isn't that amazing? So I... And she would say, and I say, there's this beautiful scripture in Psalm 46 that says, "My the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Yeah. I have a goodly heritage." Claim it today. Amen. I do. <laughs> I awesome. do have a goodly heritage.
0: So that's what the word says. Was your fan like? I guess. Well, okay. You were in Birmingham, so like, did you did you stay there until you went to college? I did. Did you? Okay. Uh-huh. I didn't realize you were from Alabama. Oh
1: uh-huh, yeah, I grew up there. Went to high school there and studied voice and. I, I one of the sweet things about my life is my parents uh, were very solid church going people believers and we and I grew up in a big church big big church 6000 members mm-hmm. and um and when I was about 5 years old I was in a little junior class Sunday school class and we were singing and I remember the day a la- the lady who was our teacher came around and she was listening to all of us sing and she put her ear close to my mouth and listened to me sing and she said, that's beautiful singing. And she called my mother on the phone, wow. dial, dial phone, she said. And she said to my mother, whose name is Bebe, she said, Bibi Jean has music all over her. I think that you should fan wow. that into flame in her life. And so uh, when I was seven, I started taking piano lessons and, um, uh, and... I just that's just something I was born with, yeah. as are you, you know, so I have near perfect pitch and that's just the gift of God. So I grew up in music singing everywhere, 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 I started taking voice lessons when I was about fifteen or sixteen, but classical, you yeah. know, and so because that was just I am that old, we didn't do anything other than that, you know <laughs> think, but uh... but smart because it gave me the instrument, and then once you once you have a a foundation of breath and you know where your tongue can be placed. I think
0: being classically trained is always great. I go and do these um, guitar clinics sometimes down at a little college in Mobile every once in a while Mm -hmm. and I'm always discouraged by the guys who want to be professional guitar players who don't want to like...
1: Learn to read music.
0: Yeah. They don't want to embrace like... You know, I don't want to study classical. I'm like, while you're in, you know, a place for four years... Gosh. You know being a kid still because that's basically what college is extending your childhood yeah like embrace that you know i mean like Bach is still the one of the most brilliant musicians to this day with all the amazing talent that's out there he's still probably in the top five most brilliant brains or mozart or chopin or any of those guys i'm like if you can study that now do it because like it Put some stuff into your tool bag that you won't get when you start just diving into pop music or whatever that you want to do, you know? So I don't think there's anything wrong with being classically trained.
1: Well, Proverbs 22, 1 says, do you see a man who's skilled in his work? That man gets to stand before kings and not just common men. Mm. And uh, that was the first that kept me in the practice room in college, for sure. You know, singing... Um, I love that singing scales and you know, oh, oh, just all the all the things that, yeah, and oh um, and singing. Uh. So I went to college on a voice scholarship. First, I went to Birmingham Southern College, and I was there for two years. And then you made a mistake. And, and then I, <laughs> and then I made a mistake. And You know why I transferred? I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm it's still a little bit fuzzy, but I know the Lord was in it even before I really realized that. But um, I transferred because. I wanted to do music, more musical theater and mm-hmm. Auburn had a big musical theater department and they had a show choir and that's what I wanted to be part of. So I actually went to Auburn and auditioned for the show choir before I transferred because I thought if I make it, you know, if I make it into this show choir, then I'll then I'll move. So, yeah. And that's what I did. And all, my parents both went to school down there and my sister was already there. So it was an easy hop for me. And, um, but I, But the choir I participated in at Birmingham Southern was the place where I would say... I really learned how to communicate as I was singing because yeah. the the man who was the the man who was the uh, the choir director there was an um, fabulous amazing uh, musicologist. He was everything that he. I, I remember a day you will love this. I remember a day we were singing. This is 50 people, but there are 50 voices that are all. Huge classical voices, you right. know. Fifty, and I got into that choir, which was so incredible, and we were singing a song called an old spiritual called "There's a, a Balm in Gilead," which is "There is a Balm in Gilead, who makes the wounded whole." It's this beautiful kind of song, and so we were singing it, and this man, um, um, it's, who was the, who was the um, Dr. Thomas is his name. Was the director? He was. He was directing. There is a bomb in Gilead. Um, um, to heal the sin-sick soul. There's a bomb in Gilead. To make the wounded whole. <clears throat> to heal the sinic soul. And he stopped. And he goes. Okay. Okay. That's pretty. But it's not. It's not moving me. I want to be moved. I want you to move me. You know. And it was so interesting because he said, "Let me think about it." And I remember that he turned his back and he put his head down and was a. He was a strong, spirit-filled Christian man. Yeah. I an mean, Older, older grandfather kind of guy. And he turned back around and he looked at us and he goes, okay, watch me. And, um, and I'll never forget it. And he, and he liked it. And he, and he could use his hands in such a way that he would just pull out of you and you knew that you were moving yeah. with the music. And it was like, There is a bomb in yeah. Gilead. To make the wounded whole. We would pull it up. And the sin-sick soul to heal the sin-sick soul. And when we finished, I, I, everybody in the room was practically in tears. Oh, it God. just pulled the energy and the emotion out of you. And I thought, this is what singing is. Yeah. And it changed my life. Yeah. And um um, and and I've been I've been an advocate for being a communicator. A lot of people can sing and they can sing beautifully and they have lovely tone. Uh, but you know, people want to be moved, yeah. and they and, and when you can use your gift to to bring a person to to a place in their in their own emotion where they look at something. But the balm in Gilead heals a sin sick soul. I want that. Yeah. Well, that's where they can meet Jesus in yeah. a way that. They never thought about it before, so anyway, transferred from there. Um, and uh, bless his heart, he retired not long after that, so I didn't feel like I missed him too much, but um, you know, missed too much. But I, and then I got into a, um, the musical theater and the show choir, which is interesting because when you look back on your life, you go, Oh, that's what God used to prepare yeah. me for. What I've what I've been doing now for twenty years, is stage show. I didn't know Auburn
0: had such a great music, music school.
1: Well, I wouldn't say it's a great music school. They do have a really good jazz department, um, and they have the show car that's really mm. world class. because yeah. they're um, more of a known for engineering, they are, is that right, sure, okay. are, yeah. yeah. But it's I mean it's a huge it's university. A yeah. yeah, so yeah, I right. went there, and then after that, I went when I graduated there, I was invited to go on staff at a big another big church in in uh, Birmingham. And, uh, I worked Which was what Shades Mountain Baptist oh, wow. Church, I didn't know that. and I worked there for five years on huh. staff in their music department, and um, I taught voice lessons, and I, um, I directed some small ensembles, and I worked for the music pastor, but I was like an artist in residence. I sang, and oh. I traveled with the, I traveled with the pastor when he ever went on trips and stuff like that. Nice. So he took me to Israel and to Europe Ta-da and to really Africa. Then. That was nice. after college. After college. I was 23 and 24 and 25, okay. 6, like 24, 24, to twenty to 28. Yeah. Those what
0: years. was like, what was your, what were you dreaming of doing then? Like, what was sort of like on the forefront of your mind when you're like, I want to do this and I grow up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was, I, I stepped right into it. Fortunately for me, I just, I wanted to sing and the, the man who was my, the music pastor there just... Gave me lots of support, and they took me places, and mm. and put me in in at the pastors' conferences, and yep. and I was just I'm just a couple three years behind the explosion of what Sandy Patty and Steve Green and Larnell Harris were doing, and because I have that big kind of voice, I had access to all their music and all yep. those tracks and all those songs, and that was kind of the popular music in churches of the day, right. and so I I had the voice to sing that, so. So they were just it was kind of fun. They called me the Sandy Patty of Birmingham, you know. So, <laughs> so um, I did that. And and in in uh, in 1986, I recorded my first record. I came up here to Nashville. And that's a cool God story. That's how I met the guy who was my producer. And in Birmingham, raised a bunch of money, and came up here, and found a lot of songs, and huh. did a, did a big a big um, record, yeah. and it was called We Celebrate. Just nice. very. Uh, a real fun do you still have it do you oh.
0: have like copies of it oh yeah man okay. you want to see it I'll get it I might get you to send me or let me take it home so I can like at least put a uh, snippet of a song yeah it's big podcast. it's orchestral
1: we had the, we used the whole um, the, uh, big orchestra was, um, who's your producer a guy named John Elliott he's a he's a great pianist and uh, songwriter he's he wrote some songs for Truth, and he wrote. I mean, this is a long time ago. You yeah, but this, but this was, but this was ago, your
0: first Nashville yes. experience, yeah. so you felt big time.
1: Yeah, for sure. It was it was so sweet how God did it, and I didn't even live here. I was still living in Birmingham, but one of my college roommates was living up here, and so she she was going to Belmont Church and met a whole bunch of these people. So I got to work with some great songwriters, and Her. and uh, Dick and Mel Tunney wrote some songs for me, and well, Dick Tony did, Mel Toney anything and then um, so anyway, it was it was a it was great fun. And later, the funny story is that the guy who wrote the title cut song for me hired my husband, and so uh, I didn't know him, yeah. and so uh, so he was Bob Farnsworth, is his name, and he owned a recording studio here called Hummingbird. How hum- funny! Hummingbird, yeah, and so that's where I did part of my record and so before before Chris moved here yeah because he was he's a couple he's a few years behind me so he finished college then he went to full sail and he was at Auburn too. he was at yeah. Auburn he knew me because I was because I was in all the stuff so but I didn't know him He's kind of quiet and he, He's he, a little guy. Well, he lived off campus, and so his piano was in his trailer, and so he never came to the practice room. So you know, that's kind of where you bump into people <laughs> is after hours and stuff. So um, I didn't, I didn't know him, and we just didn't. That's funny. We had some friends in common, but that's a funny story.
0: If you had to pick one, singing or acting?
1: Um, gosh, don't they? Aren't they the same thing? <laughs> I guess they um, can be. Yes, no. So Singing, singing, and acting, acting is opera, or musical theater, which is fine, but no singing for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: that's what I was gonna say. College, Auburn University, such a disappointment.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hilarious.
0: Okay, so you meet Chris how, when?
1: Um, he. I was singing I was just singing at lots of different churches because the fun thing about singing as you know is one door opens, two doors opens four doors and when when you when you go to a place then somebody's gonna say, hey, we had this woman this girl from from uh, from Birmingham come up and sing and you know just I don't know just it was fun but I was happened to be on Easter Sunday singing in his hometown which is Florence, Alabama huh. and he came home for Easter which is and from Nashville where he was working at that recording studio. And uh, um, he went to church with his parents that morning. And the guy who was the music pastor at that church said, hey, I'm singing in this Easter cantata this afternoon. And there's a girl who's singing and she's from Auburn. Do you know her? She's Jean Costner. And Chris said, oh, yeah, I know her. She went to Auburn and she's a singer. And uh, so he said, well, you should come out and listen. And he did. Which is, you know, which is really... And they came up to me afterwards and said, Hey, you, Renee, do you remember me? And I said, No. no.
0: <laughs> and he said,
1: I'm friends with blah, blah, blah. And I went to Auburn and da-da-da. And I went like, Oh, yeah. And he said, And I'm working at Hummingbird. And I went, Oh, gosh, that's funny. And, you know, we just got into a conversation. And, and then we started chatting. And, um, and uh, I was traveling back and forth to Auburn. I mean, to Nashville, working on some stuff. And we met at Easter... He asked me out in June, just because he said he wanted to talk to me about something. It was two
0: months later. Yeah, and then I said,
1: and, and when we went to is dinner. Is this the story? This like, is I the was story. Like, I about this, okay. So then we went to dinner, and he said, hey, do you mind praying about something? And I said, sure, brother. And he said, uh, <laughs> I hope you won't think I'm crazy, but I think that uh, <laughs> I think that God has told me that you're my wife.
0: And I said. <laughs> by the gutiest. I said. It's <laughs> by the gutiest I've ever heard <laughs> from.
1: And, if you, you know, it's really funny because I'm so surprised. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, I know. Um, but would you be willing to pray about it? And I was like, yeah. And I know. I, now you you should know that I I used to do a whole lot of singles conferences, mm. and um, because that was kind of the the buzzy thing going on there in the eighties was like you, you're not in college past college you're considered single. So if you're in a college group at church that's great, but if you're out of college you're single, and so. Um, It's a little sad to me. But anyway, so I've done a whole lot of those singles conferences. I even did a couple of, like, cruises and trips like that. So we always like like to say that there are people who are single for a season, but then there are people who are single for a reason. And those are, are, and so I have had a few men come and say to me, "Um, God told me you're going to be my wife. And I was (laughs) like, (laughs) go ask him again. Anyway, that's not very nice. Um. So he
0: so that's June that's June then what then what how does that progress after that
1: night um so like, i I really i I went to the Lord and said, really, him, you know, just really <laughs> well, and you know you would know this because for me, I'm new. And I had told the Lord, this is too big of a decision. And I love, I love everybody. I love men. I fall in love every day. And you know, she's like, I like you. You're so fun. (laughs) Let's hang out. Let's have coffee. And, um, and, uh, and so I just knew, and I had told the Lord. (laughs) Everybody
0: loves everybody in the theater. (laughs) Yes,
1: absolutely. So I really had said, God, please, please, this is your decision and not mine. I don't want to mess up because I can't, I don't trust me. Were
0: you taking it seriously? like did, serious well yeah Seriously. i
1: did because i knew him i i knew him well enough to know he's not and he wasn't he never he never um acted any he never flirted with me you know what i'm saying he never like even acted like he cared about me you know he was interested in me or he wanted to go on a date or even that night it wasn't really a date it was like Hey, can, 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 when, when you're coming to Nashville, can let's have dinner together? And I was like, so, oh, but, okay. so
0: that wasn't necessarily the second time y'all saw each other since April. You all no, it wasn't. Other. Okay, because okay.
1: Um, we had we had talked on the phone a few times, and we found out how many friends we had in common and okay. the people that we knew and <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. And we were just kind of putting, you know, fun things together, like, Absolutely. oh my goodness, you're, you're best friends with blah blah blah, and I know them, and you know those kinds of things. So, so. Um, and he came on the road with me one time to run sound because he's a sound, you know, a, an engineer, sound engineer. He was actually working with the Imperials at that time on the road huh. while he was working at a recording studio. So, uh, anyway, it's just a funny story. So yeah, that. So um, he yeah, had the night that he uh, in July. He said, he said, I'm. <laughs> we were. We he came on a family trip because I my family's very close and yeah. and so I just needed them to meet him and. Talk to him and all that. And they were like, who is this guy? We don't know this guy. Where is he from? You know? My brother was so funny. He said, Gene, I'm worried about this guy. He has a bowling ball. You shouldn't date anybody who owns his own bowling ball. Oh, God. <laughs> so anyway, this is what Chris said. He'll, he'll laugh if I said, tell the story. He, we were on the beach, walking, talking, and he said, Gene, we need to obey the Lord. I know this is the Lord and you know it's the Lord. And I was like, yes, I know it's the Lord. And he said, um, I'm beginning to, I'm beginning to love you, and I'm, and I really appreciate the woman that you are. And will you marry me? And I took a breath and looked at him and said, I don't even know your middle name. <laughs> and he goes, What? He's so funny. And I said, Where did you go to high school? And I started bawling, crying, you know. So it took a while, but anyway, we. When, when did you say yes? How long? I, I about another month later. Yeah. <laughs> Not about, a year. Another you know, a a month later. And, <laughs> But you know what? It's amazing. I mean it's okay. If you know that you're hearing from the Lord, we got married out of obedience. We yep. didn't have a love story. And so, but when you know the word the word says do not be unequally yoked yep. with a non-believer, but you when you put a yoke on with somebody, you need to be pulling in the same direction. And for me, I knew that God wanted me in this vineyard as it were. Um and and he would bring alongside me a, a man that I could work together with who was pulling in that direction and that under, would get me mm. and um, could support me and I him and um, uh, because I would get him. And I never thought that we would have a salary. I always thought we would just be trusting the Lord for money. You know how that is, just going, okay, Jesus, nah. we're well, in the groceries. Gonna, I, I read George Mueller, and I know that he would just pray, and groceries would show up <laughs> on the doorstep. And I knew that God would, was faithful, you know? The word says, "I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed beg yeah. for bread." So when you when you believe that God is able to do that, um, the amazing thing for me was that like Chris actually got a job, a salary job, which was a great thing because that's what gave us the money for Miss Patty Cake to be able to be born, and so I didn't have to be looking for a whole lot of money.
0: Um, okay. Well, since you said that, I'll go ahead and set I'll, I'll go ahead and that le- that definitely helps. And like leading into, so. Did patty cake start I want I want to know how it started. You kind of explained it to me a few months ago but like did it start officially when Chris was it integrity or did it start before that? And integrity just helped sort of push it a little further. No, no, no.
1: Not at all. It was all integrity. And okay. so here's what happened. So we But it started with you and a friend. Yes. Okay. We were we I was pregnant with Christopher, this our second child. Mm. Um here in
0: Nashville. Okay, wait, so you got married at twenty nine. Uh-huh. And so this would be then how many years later?
1: Four almost five years okay, later. Okay. Yeah. Four years four years later I got pregnant with Marilyn and then seven months she was seven months old when I got pregnant with Chris <laughs> I know. <laughs> with Christopher don't, don't ever let your doctor tell you, Oh, you can't get pregnant while you're nursing <laughs> <laughs> Yes you can. So um um so so, I got pregnant with Christopher right away, and so, then we went through some real struggles in Nashville, because there was, Chris owned a recording studio here with five other guys, and, um, one of the guys who was supposed to be, anyway, there's some problems with the money, financially, <laughs> and, uh, the bank called the loan, and mm. so, we got, we were all in a whole lot of, uh, that was a really, really hard situation, but... It put us in a place where Chris was saying, okay, God, whatever, you know, however you want to show up and however you want to rescue us out of this situation, that would be so great. And we got a phone call from uh, a guy that I knew, John Chisholm, who mm-hmm. you probably know who he is, and I've known John for a long time because he helped me write, brought me some songs to sing in my very first record all, all those years ago. Yeah. Well, then it was five years ago, but... Um, and Chisholm called, and I thought he was calling for me. Chris, Oh, Chris answered the phone and said, hey, what are you doing? Are you calling for Gene? And, and John said, no, actually, I'm calling for you. He said, I've moved to Mobile, and I'm working with this Christian music company down here called Integrity. And um, we, need, we have a, a position open, and your name keeps coming up. And he said, I wonder if you'll be willing to come down here. Huh. And so Chris hung up the phone. He goes, yeah, yeah, great. Well, let me think about it. And he hung looked at me and goes, I'm never moving to Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, never wait a minute. What have we been praying? You know, here I am. What, are, what have we been praying? You know, and so, uh, so we went and interviewed down there. And Chris met Don Moen and some of the other men. And just after the interview that one day, he came back to the hotel and said to me, I will clean toilets and mop floors for these people because wow. their heart is amazing and yeah. I love their vision and and I think that God wants me to be here. So Her. I was like,
0: <laughs> we're moving to Mobile. Oh, my gosh. How long ago <laughs> with it was
1: 13 years.
0: Okay. Man. Yeah.
1: So we moved down here and for me... Um, I moved away from my kind of. I had an office here. I had had a Jean Costner office still here, and I was still traveling and singing, even with babies. You know, it's it's easy to travel with babies. Yeah. My, my idea of children was have children, will travel. And so <laughs> my children had their blankets, and they went everywhere, so they can sleep anywhere, and it's good for them. They're used to not, you know, they they had their blanket and they had their mommy, and we went everywhere. Yeah. So um, oh I st- was still singing a lot and teaching a lot and uh, um, working for some. And and have and I had made a second record. Um, the first one was called We Celebrate, the second one was called Ageless Hope. Which is sort of a funny name. But it was a beautiful song. <laughs> that was this one, Ageless Hope, right? That was this picture. That was
0: You look just like uh, we're looking at <laughs> an old flyer where Jane had sung. Oh my goodness. You look just like my high school choir director.
1: Really?
0: Yes. Uh. And her name. Has completely slipped my mind, but you look just like her. You look just
1: like...
0: Is i That's, that, is that's not, you
1: said that instead of something like, you look just like my grandma.
0: And you kind of look like, um, what's the famous brother and sister?
1: Oh, Marie Osmond. Yes.
0: Have Thank you, you. Did you get that before?
1: Yes, I have. Okay,
0: yeah, I can see that too.
1: And Marissa Tomei. For everyone that's listening, you would love these. This picture. <laughs> I know it's big hair, big hair, <laughs> and bangs. Big hair and bangs. Oh my goodness! It's, that's not Mike Eldred, is it? It's Paul Smith. Paul Smith. Okay. It looks like Mike, though, doesn't it? Um, Paul Smith was the is the tenor, and he was in the Imperials for a long time, and then he was a word art recording artist, it great songwriter, um, great great songwriter. It's, and amazing man. He's been to Texas for a long time. So, um, um, yeah, so we moved, and do you want a cup of coffee while we're talking? I
0: would love it. Here. What's been the most surprising <laughs> thing about your career as patty cake? I know that's broad, but. Oh, that's
1: a great question. Thank you for asking me like this. Let me, let me ponder that. The most surprising thing uh, is how much I have grown to care about the, the reasons, the why.
0: Do you think it started out at first as a? Uh, this is a cool gimmick that I could sell and make make a living doing it at first.
1: No, I didn't even think that. Um, I was bored, and um, and I had these babies. I had a, a one year old and well, let's say two a two year old and a three year old. And I was at home, and we were poor. We had one car, and so Chris took the car to work every day. And I stayed home with the babies every day, and all I had was a double stroller that I bought at uh, the Goodwill, and I could walk to a grocery store about four blocks away. And that's what I did every day. And um, then some days I, I would take Chris to work so that I could have a car if I, if I was going to a church um, function. or I got real involved in the mops group at church, and that was a real salvation for me. Mops is Mothers of Preschoolers, and it's a a once-a-month group of women who get together, and all of us have children the same age, and then we cry. (laughs) (laughs) You You know, what do you use for diaper rash, you know, and uh, what's the cheapest, you know, fill in the blank. But um, we did, we had a speaker, and we did crafts, and we swapped recipes, and it was a real mommy kind of thing. But somebody was always talking to us about our personal walk with God, um so I was sometimes Chris would get up and leave and I would look at him and go please please let me go and do your job I can do your job I can do your job you stay here with these children I do not know what I'm doing with these children all okay you're in Mobile I'm in Mobile
0: where was that mommy thing at
1: uh Dolphin Way Baptist Church okay okay
0: I forgot I had to think about (laughs) yeah sorry I'm born and raised. In Mobile, so I, <laughs> I needed to be there. That's yeah, okay.
1: Dolphin Way Baptist. So that was a salvation for me, and and I was and the good thing for me was on Sundays I got involved in. Um, I'm this. I got involved in a choir, the choir there, which was awesome, and they and then an ensemble. So I was busy on the weekends doing that and and singing for their worship and stuff. But all day, every day, at home by myself with these children. It's hard. A little buggy. I'll, I'll say. I'll go ahead and say it was it's a little, a little nutty. Just and I, I love. I, I have fun. That's one of the things that I know about. And i sing all the time. And so I was trying to turn everything into a game. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Mary Poppins um, disciple, um, and I believe that in every job <laughs> that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap the job's a game. So that's what I was always doing with my children, and um, and trying to make life fun. Well, in that, in that part of life looking, asking God what in the world am I doing and what am I doing with my life and I'm sitting here doing nothing and feeling having tons of energy and just thinking that it's that you're spending your life sitting in a house with these children and it was it was wonderful and hard all at the same time you know And well and, I mean like
0: um, I mean parenthood but especially when you're a full time mom is even the more extreme you literally put the brakes on I mean, your whole life has been centered on you, right? As a mom or a person, you sure. know. And then you become a mom, and all of a sudden, you don't matter at all. Especially when you stay at home, you, you know. Like you have said, career, fun, everything's out. There. I mean, I watch it every day. Yes. You know, <laughs> I watch my wife do it every day. So
1: Absolutely,
0: it's um, it's hard. It I is mean, hard. So I, I, I mean, it there's. Not, I don't think that you need to apologize or ever feel bad about that. Yeah. You know? Thanks. Seriously.
1: And 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 the. Uh, you have to believe that what you are doing that your work is for children play is work and when you think you're only playing with your children it's the work that you're doing you're building and you're building your foundation it is one brick at a time for the foundation um and boy i tell you you know when we say (laughs) when we say the battle is real the enemy wants you to feel like you're worthless and this is nothing even though it, I have a good friend who calls it secret gardening, and mm. that's that's what you're doing. You're 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 breaking up fallow ground. You're preparing the soil, and then you're laying those seeds in, and you're watering them. Just all the work that has to be done, and that's in every area spiritually, emotionally, intellectually. Just all the all the areas that our children are growing, mm. just so that they will be healthy. Um, but in all that I did it was it's not an easy thing to lay down what you have seen for yourself as a career Um, but I know know the time is short and I did know that I I tell people especially mothers all the time you have five years with these children and then if they go to school if you don't homeschool them if they go to school that's it they're gone it's five years and it's really not a long time and you know and I can say that easily now at almost 60 you know just in retrospect it's just not a long time yeah Um, um, and, and the children are worth it they are worth it but in then that's what happened to me is that I was asking the Lord all the time what am I do have you got something for me to do because I'm a little I'm going a little batty here and I'd like to do something that includes these children and um, I remember I had this this aha moment one day when I was singing and said, this has been 20 years two years ago so you'll forgive me it the, one of the worship songs that I was singing in a, a church and just what was Twila Paris one of my favorite songwriters and singers <laughs> she wrote a song that is um, he is exalted the king is exalted on high I will praise him do you know that old yeah. song? Uh-huh. So, so here I'm singing the song I'm singing the song and my daughter is probably three I think she was three two and a half or three and so I'm singing he is exalted. Come on, honey, sing this song with mommy. We're going to sing. We're going to give thanks and praise to God in the house today. He is exalted. The king is exalted. And my daughter looked at me and said, mommy, why is God so tired?
0: <laughs> he
1: is exhausted. He's exhausted. And I went, <laughs> what? Why is God so t- Is He exhausted? And I said, <laughs> I remember thinking, No, 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 honey, mommy is exhausted. <laughs>
0: God's exalted. God, <laughs> God
1: never sleeps. He doesn't even take a nap. And so I'm thinking to myself, exalted is not a word to sing with three-year-olds. Okay. And sometime right in around that area, a woman came and knocked on my door, and she was a friend, a songwriter, a mother of four, her name was Nancy Gordon, and she and our buddy Chris Springer mm. had written this cute little song called Patty Cake Praise. And, they, and they, they, with some of the other writers at Integrity, had put together all these songs for toddlers, and they, called, and they put it together in a, in a cassette, and they called it Lap Songs for Little Ones. So that you would sit in your, and sing, Ten men came to Jesus, ten So men. they wrote that? They uh, Marty Nystrom, who How wrote funny. As the Deer, Pants for the Water, you know that yeah. song, As the Deer. So Marty Nystrom wrote Ten Men, um, uh, um, Springer, Chris Springer, and Nancy wrote two or three others, a co- song called Copycat. So they were fun songs, play songs, praise songs, Bible stories in songs, but all songs that were targeted to a Two, three, four-year-old, five-year-old. Little, little cute songs with with a few words, but they all rhyme. And Mm. they're like jingles, so they stick, like glue to our brains, as you know. I have a memory one day of being at a Christian booksellers convention, and a a tall man walked around the corner, and I had my costume on, and he went, he just stopped and looked at me and went, oh, you're Miss Patty Cake. And I went, "Uh, yeah, hi. He goes, I hate you. And I died laughing. I said, your children love me. Your children watch me all the time. And you hate me. That's great news for me. So anyway, it was a good laugh. But I do hear that a lot. Anyway, so Nancy came to see me. And she said, Gene, Integrity has um, um, produced these little CDs. And they're at all the, it's not CDs. I'm sorry. These are cassettes. This is in 1995. Yeah. yeah. Cassettes. She said, nobody's ever going to buy them because they're just sitting on a shelf, you know, and you don't know what they are. They just say wiggly, giggly, and they say bubbling joy. What does that mean? You know, and if nobody ever hears them, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't just pick it up and say, hey, I think I'll try this. And there probably wasn't a lot
0: of that on the shelves anyway for kids, right?
1: No, and it was before VeggieTales came out. The only thing that was really out that integrity had done was the donut man fabulous songs great guy they did videos with him um and he was after, he came after salty um which was the salty the singing song book that was the first foray in christian music in a big way into children's ministry children's music and songs for them and then the and bible man but he was for older kids but um anyway so this she said what if there was a character and there was a person who would sing all these songs. And I said, me, pig, me, I'll do it. And she said, yeah, that's what I think. Every time I pray about it, you're the only person wow. I can think of. And she said, I think the person should be called Patty Cake Praise because that's, because it was for little children. And yeah. the idea was to take the, the idea behind the song was you take Psalm 47, 1, which says, clap your hands, all you people shout to God with the voice of praise and put that together with the nursery rhyme. And so we came, and so the idea of clapping your hands to give thanks and praise to God, not just a nursery rhyme. So that morphed into what do you think about this? And so um, I started praying. We drank lots of coffee and fed my babies and, and uh, started praying about the whole idea and came up with the idea of hands to clap and a heart to love. Actually, that came from an old shaker motto. The shakers were an early sect of Christians who um who they're they have they have strong roots in Kentucky and also up in Connecticut and they they called them shakers because they got so filled with the spirit when in their worship that they would just shake yeah same thing as the Quakers yeah um uh so they were strong believers and they were hard hard workers and Mm -hmm. they they lived communally um, but the, thing, the one big thing that they did is they thought Jesus was coming soon, so they decided to not be married because sexual sin is the worst trap, you know, the most the, the, the most difficult thing that people struggle with. So they thought they would be celibate. They would work hard for the kingdom, and so they, they built houses. They worshiped together, but they didn't live in the same houses. Interesting. Um, but one of their mottos says this, Give your hearts to God and put your hands to work. And then they shortened it to hands to work, hearts to God. And I had cross-stitched that years ago, just it was hanging in my thing. And so, hanging in my house, in my kitchen, and I thought, hearts and hands. Okay, that's good. Those are transferable concepts. Something that a child can go, that's a heart, that's a hand, that's a crown, that's a key. So, the idea was, um, we have a key that's in the heart, and when you take the key, find the key in your heart, it opens the treasure box, and in the treasure box is a crown. So, all those things... Can mean something to a small child, but as you grow, they get fatter right. with meaning. Um, so um, I came up with the idea of a heart and hands and pockets because teachers, and this person was a happy, clappy. Pippi Longstocking meets the Romper Room Lady, which means nothing to you because you're too young. No, I, um, I mean
0: Pippi Longstocking. I don't know the second reference. The but. Romper Room. <laughs> well, the Romper
1: Room Lady was a person on TV that was that had a schoolroom, and she was what I watched when I was a child next to Captain Kangaroo. Okay. And so, um, uh, so Miss Patty Cake is a friend slash teacher, um, and I, I always had something interesting in a pocket. Um, so all these uh, kind of ideas. So. So my very first little concert experience was, I think, in '95 at, a, at the MOPS group in uh, Mobile huh. at Oakland Way Baptist Church. Did
0: you um, did you guys do a product first, or did you just start testing it out, like out in the public
1: first? Well, see, we already had the little CD, the okay. little cassettes, and so I was selling the cassettes. I was just singing the songs and saying, "You can take these songs home," and I didn't even—I wasn't even singing on the cassettes. It was yeah. other people singing. Okay, um, and. Uh, and so those cassettes, I didn't care. I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking, here is something fun I can do. I can go. Sing I can or- actually put makeup on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take a bath for a purpose. And um, my girlfriend from my my roommate from college was a, in fashion design, and she's the one who I drew the picture and said, "Can you make this for me?" And she said, "Sure." So she sewed a costume for me. You know, she created one, and and so uh, I love that. I know. So I, I love just, the
0: entrepreneur spirit of that whole thing because it's like yeah. it's such a huge. Um. You know, it wasn't like you came up with this dream and then you and Chris stayed up all nights for months <laughs> developing all the songs. And You know, what I mean, like it was like this big kind of bunch of people doing what they do, what they specialize yes. in. And then, you know what I mean? And You're
1: exactly right. It's interesting. I just interesting. stepped into it, it was really easy, to be yeah. honest with you, because the songs were there and all I had to do was learn the songs. And I was singing them with my kids at home anyway, yeah. you know, just the, go, go, Joshua. Leave your army go. So when
0: you learned the songs and you tested them on your kids, did you did you start to see like the lights come on for them?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I, what I did is I took the songs and I created actions for all the songs. Mm-hmm. Hand motions, actions for the songs, and I sang them with my own children. And then I went to the mops lady and said, hey, I want to do a program for the mommies and the children. They said, you mean like together? I said, yep, I want to do it together. because <laughs> I want to leave them at home. Because I want to help these mommies have a way to do something fun with their children where they're to- actually talking, getting into conversations about God and yeah. Jesus and the Bible. And even even if we sing copycat, then we can talk about, hey, let's copy Jesus. What did Jesus do? Let's read about what Jesus did and let's copy Jesus. So then we sing the song copycat that that is just this and that copycat whatever I do you do it too it's a little game where we do the same okay here we go and so just make it sing-songy and make it fun and I began to see that I was having a really fun time and my children were responding and then other children started responding and I went and did this event at my church and the children's ministry woman walked up to me after it was over and she said Jean this is a big idea and I said, oh, you're so sweet. She said, no, listen to me. No one is singing to preschool children. You go to Lifeway Bookstore right now, you go to Family Bookstore, nobody's singing to preschoolers. Huh. And I called my husband. I said, honey, I think this is the Lord. I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So that, that's the way it all started. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Did, um, did that sort of, with you having the dream of being the big singer, and all, did, did did that all of a sudden just come to a halt like where that didn't even matter anymore like did this you know what I mean like because you say like you really felt like it was the Lord speaking into uh-huh. it but did it did it did it connect for you where you were like okay I love this you know you know what I mean like or did you have a battle yeah. like oh, I don't know I really would love to be singing with you know, nope. sharing the stage with Steve Green. You know, or yeah.
1: Some... No, I'm pretty presently oriented, which is really nice. You know, just mm. I just I live in the moment in a good way. Thanks be to God for that. Yeah. And I knew that this is right where I was and right where I was living. And so for right now, this just made sense. Yeah. And it was a project that I could do, and my children could be, do it with me, and um, and it was, and it was just handed to me. Yeah. It was just like look, here is water. What is to prevent you from doing this? And and I said, shoot, I could do that. That looks like a blast. <laughs> and so put on a costume and sing on stage with a bunch of kids. How much fun could that be? And so what I didn't know is how big and far-reaching it, w- it would become. I never had any idea. Yeah. I didn't have – I was just living in the moment, really, because my because as a mother, you really kind of have to live right there, and you're taking care of your children and, you know, making sure your son is getting potty trained and yeah. things like that. So, um so what happened was that after I had one door, as we've said, opens two doors, opens four doors, and the and the phone started ringing, and people go, "Hey, would you come sing for our little group of mops? Would you come sing for our parents every year?" Mainly like in
0: the mobile area, uh-huh, in the
1: mobile area, and then I sang at a children's ministry function in Alabama, and that was like. You know that was when you when you bring a bunch of leaders together and they all hear you. Then my phone starts like, we come to Birmingham and we go to Tuscaloosa and we go to blah blah. And so then my husband was like, what are you doing? And because oh because I was starting to sell a bunch of these see cassettes and i was going to integrity going hey can i buy a box of 200 and they were like what are you doing and so chris and chris was so funny chris sweet thing that he is he was like hey we cannot let this look like nepotism so you cannot (laughs) so i cannot go tell them everything that you're doing so the president of the company came and said are you going to tell me what gene is doing and uh, chris said no (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> so he said, okay. And he invited me to come to a chapel service and put on my costume and sing. And I got a bunch of adults on the stage to act out and be pretend to be the kids and sing all the songs and everything. And and, uh, and it was a ton of fun. And after it was over, this was in 96, I think. After it was over, he came, He said, um, come, come to my office tomorrow. Uh-huh. Okay. He said, come to my office tomorrow. We don't want to talk about this. So. Michael's
0: the president, the owner, right, uh-huh. of Integrity, Integrity. Music? Uh-huh. Okay. So How um, funny! Um, so integrity became the muscle behind like getting it out.
1: Yeah, and they trademarked the character, yeah. and they um, and they put the money behind all the production, and so interesting. So you the don't ones, own Petty I do now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they bankrolled they bankrolled the whole thing, and so we sold 1.5 million units in uh, in eight years.
0: How long did it take for it to kind of like really blow, like get off the ground and blowing up?
1: That's a good question. The first one I did was in '96, and I just did. Two of those in '96, two two videos, um, treasure chest surprise and bubbling joy, and in 2000. Now here's the here's okay '96.
0: you, Patty Cake was birthed, what year? Oh, I think
1: '95. Now that I okay, think about
0: okay, it, okay, I don't remember. It's okay. I don't remember.
1: I, you know, those <laughs> things are. It's so. Think about how old my children were. That would help me. Christopher was. If I get an
0: email based on the three. date from somebody complaining, I'll oh, let okay, you know. I
1: agree. He was born in 93, so four, five, six. He was three years old, so that means he was two, 95. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, um, so what happened in the meantime, I'm doing these patty cake things, but then Women of Faith comes to Integrity, and they say, we want you to be in charge of, well, Chris, um, uh, Thomas, and my husband, it was in charge of creating the worship team for the Women of Faith conferences. Hmm. And so they sat in a room and said... Who do we you know, who do we know, who do we trust, who are the women that are have been singing with us that we know their hearts for worship, who could be a worship leader? Chris said nothing, and Don said, Well, Jean, she's the first one, because that's what I had been doing for years. I forgot to tell you I was on staff at a church in Nashville before I had children. I was at Christ Community Church as a worship oh, okay, leader. Oh, wow. yeah, with Scotty Smith yeah. here, up here. So I did that for three that. years while we lived in Nashville. How funny. Oh, it was awesome. Awesome, awesome. We had three different worship leaders. Steve Steve, um, Steve and Leah Taylor were one, and I was the other, and Chris Rice worked it with me, and then the other worship person was Scott Wesley Brown. Okay. Wow. So we rotated yeah. and to do music, and, and we didn't even call them worship leaders back then, you know? I was just— We just did the music. We just—yeah, we, we were the praise leaders. We, uh, Scotty Smith is the one who kind of, who kind of coined the phrase, lead worshiper, instead of worship leader he said you're not a worship leader you're a lead worshiper because you're the one who's calling the people to the mountain which is such a such a beautiful picture so yeah. so that had been my background as a singer a concert singer and then a worship leader at at different churches and especially Sunday after Sunday being the person who who stood—this was always funny for me. I would be standing on the stage looking in the congregation, and there was Michael W. Smith, and there was Amy Grant, and there was Steve Green, and there—you know, the people at our church. And I was thinking to myself, what am I doing here? You know, (laughs) but they're not worship leaders, you know. They're artists, and that's a different calling altogether. So anyway.
0: How funny. All
1: right, so fast forward to Mobile, Miss Patty Cake. Um, Um—
0: uh, integrity,
1: yeah, integrity. Set. So after I had done the two, you were asking me when did it really start to blow up, and this is what happened. Um, they they asked me to be on, be one and part of the worship team for Women of Faith conferences. I didn't realize
0: Women of Faith has been around
1: for twenty whole. years. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, They're twenty years old. Um, so uh, this year, as a matter of fact, um, which was their final year, they they quit this year. Oh wow, yeah. But Patty Cake's not quitting. No, no, God won't let me quit. I still pull on those tights and jump up and down. Yes, I do. Uh, You just watch me. Um, uh, It's a little harder. I have to drink more water these days. Like, (laughs) wiggling and giggling used to be fun. Now it's aerobics. But um, um, I was on the worship team for Women of Faith for almost 10 10 years, almost 10 years, while Miss Patty Cake was still going on. And so what I tried to do was piggyback Patty Cake events in cities where mm-hmm. we visited. So we, women of faith went all over the country. And I got to take my kids in, to incredible places and that was so much fun. Yeah, so so you know how it is to being on the road. It's not glamorous no. because you fly in and they pick you up and you go straight to the arena and you do a sound check and then you go to the hotel and, you and answer you, the same question. And you get you get change clothes and, and and come straight back to the arena. You're there all night. You sleep fast, you get up really early, you go back, you stay there all day, and then the next morning you wake up and get on a plane and fly home. And people go, Oh my goodness, your life is so amazing and I'm like, Oh my <laughs> it's it's fa- it was great, but at the same time it was hard. it's it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. I have a great story about one day. I was usually the person who introduced the night and so we're in arenas and we're in the round, you know, so there are seventeen to twenty-five thousand people typically that are there. And so I would be the one who would go, Good evening, you know, or just hello, girlfriends or something. Um, um, women of faith is excited to be in Sacramento. And one night I was like I said, Women of faith is excited to be in here, <laughs> I totally didn't forgot where I was. We don't know where in, in the girls on the stage were dying. Leah Taylor was on stage with me. We were all dying laughing. It was like I don't know where I am <laughs> in this in place. Cincinnati is where we in were. Just city. like the next morning, hey Cincinnati, good morning. You know, it was just so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. But the in the year two thousand, they uh, Women of Faith decided to do a an experiment to see how much product they could sell to mothers, aunts, grandmothers. They said, we've never even thought about bringing children's products here, and we have Jean, and she's Miss Patty Cake, and what if we put her on stage into, in her costume for five minutes, and she sang a little song and said, hi, I'm Miss Patty Cake, and I sing for children and stuff, and then they gave me a table, a six-foot table, and let me sell products on the, on the concourse. We sold 50,000 units. Oh, my gosh. One, one, one at a time. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was going to say. No, in uh, in about six months, we sold 50,000. In twenty in 25, or 20... Okay, I don't remember. I, don't I mean, remember. like, people hear that
0: number and go, well, I mean, that's not a lot. You know, when you think about, no. like, like, an, like a what would... What would a mainstream artist sell but for kids to sell that much for children yeah. and, that's and,
1: huge. and you're in one place selling off of one table, yeah. you know, the nine after five. nine after nine. And people would stand in line and we were like they were throwing their money at us, going, I need three packages, you know, so I mean, that's huge. That that spurred integrity onto going, Okay, there's a big need for yeah, this absolutely in the marketplace and so they then funded four more. Projects and so we, I wrote and wrote. I wrote all the scripts, um, and uh, and we did Hullabaloo Zoo, *God's Great Big World*, the Easter one, which we partnered with Family Life and used the Resurrection eggs and. Which I may or may not have watched this morning. Um- <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. I love so it. So, um, yeah. So, but then you know, moving forward, we we moved. That was and it was an amazing, amazing time. just um, I have a great memory of a day that Christopher was with me, my son and he was eight years old and he was on the road with me. We went to he came to a woman of Faith and he's backstage having so much fun back in there and somebody figured out that he was my son and said, oh, you're Miss Patty Cake's son, you know, little boy. Oh my goodness, what's it like having Miss patty cake for your mother? Words, I shall never forget. He looked at this woman and he said, It's so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) I think he still feels like that, and he's 23. So I know, I know. know. So it has been an interesting, interesting life, to be sure. And one of the things I can say that's been um, hard for me is I have not had the life I thought I would have. I thought that at some point I would, quote... Settle down yeah. and live in a place where I went to church and taught Sunday school and and I had a pastor and I knew people in my church and um, and that has never that hasn't happened. Yeah. And the reason it hasn't happened is because my most of my ministry opportunities and concert opportunities take place on weekends. Yeah. And so out of state. Yeah, I'm gone yeah. on Friday night and Saturday. Are you gone?
0: Are you traveling every weekend
1: still? Not every weekend, but yeah. I, in April, I was home four days. Just this wow. April. Yeah. So, um, and that's conferences and um, concerts. And Easter is really busy. Well, that was March, not April. Sorry, that's yeah. March. It was March. I was home for four days in March. Jeez, so how many... But like now, I have nothing in May. You know, things are just like, it's Easter famine kind of thing.
0: Well, I, like, okay, so how many... How, how much were you on the road... How much could patty cake sustain you on the road when you first, when it first started to get out into the public? Like, were you gone a lot? I was. Were you?
1: Yeah. I I I remember I have a I have a sweet I have a bittersweet memory of the day my son realized I was going to miss every one of his baseball games. Mm. Now I went to all the practices. Yeah. But I missed all the games because they were on Saturdays, and so this was patty cake and women of faith, and I,
0: which is like, I was. Home every day of the year, but I missed his birthday. <laughs> you know, it's like it's still the game. It's and, gonna be hard.
1: Well, and I, w- I will say because I'm sure that you've had the same kind of experience, but the the sweetness of the Lord is he He always meets me, and He always meets me with the Word. And I, the day that I was weeping, in the car, I even know exactly where I was on Chillinger Road, driving down the road, going God,
0: you know, yeah. banging. Yeah.
1: I. I have a love-hate relationship with what it is that you've given me to do. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is my assignment. I know it's my assignment. And yeah. um, I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. And God has called me to use everything that I, he's poured into me. And he's pouring through me. And I, I said to the Lord, what, really, I'm missing every game, really, every game. This child is probably never going to play baseball again. I'm missing every game. Mm-hmm. And into my mind, this is how good the Lord is, popped the... The story of David buying the threshing floor so that he could have a place to build the temple, which mm. he didn't build, but Solomon, his son did. Right. And when he went to the man who owned the big rock, the, the, the area that was the threshing floor, he said, I, I want to purchase the, this area. And the man said, oh, no, you're the king. I will gladly give it to you. And he said, no, no, I will not offer to God something that cost me nothing. Right. And that's what the Lord said. You are offering to me mm. something that costs you, Yeah. and this is what you're paying yeah. for for the for the work. This is a sacrifice, and I see it. Yeah. And um, um, that doesn't make it easier, but mm. at least it makes you realize. All right, God sees this. This is nothing new, and the Lord knows what he's requiring of us and what he's asking of us to give up. And my husband and I talk often about, well, he doesn't, because he, <laughs> he doesn't care like I do, but just about the fact that I have this, um I have, we have an upside down life in yeah. the culture our life is we're home these days and then we're out on the weekends and most everybody else works really hard during the week and then they have their weekends to have small groups and socialize and yeah. go to church or 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 just have dinner parties and things like that and and that is that has been lost to our, my life for most of the last 20 years yeah. because because God, what God has given me to do um it's um and from people looking from the out, I remember that I had a, um, a, I have a friend here in town, and I when I first moved back to Nashville, which was almost ten years ago now, after being in Mobile thirteen years, we moved, came back here, and I called this one person. And I said, "Could, you know, I I really I need some friends." I really need some friends. I'd like to get together with some other women and get because I, I I just I need to get and this woman like was incredulous. What? Are you crazy? You, everybody knows you, everybody loves you. You have a million friends. And I said, No, I don't. <laughs> it's all a big lie. It's a smoke screen, you know, and, and just like what you said. Just how are you not a millionaire? Because they're all three years so. old. <laughs> um, so you know, I'd like to have adult conversations. So it's it's um. It's, if
0: they would move the child labor laws down to four years old, <laughs> you, might, you might actually have done well.
1: So so what what an interesting you know what an interesting thing. But I, I will say that hearkening back to just a day early in my life when I was singing and in college and. seeking the Lord in a big way and saying okay you know here I am Lord send me and you know by the way that's optional Mm. you don't have to say that and every once in a while the Lord reminds me you know you did this was optional and you did say yes when Mm. I said who will go like Isaiah this is chapter 6 Isaiah chapter 6 when Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up and the Lord says who's going to tell the people and Isaiah said me pick me here am I send me and the Lord said, you know, okay. are you sure? Okay. I will. But, you know, this was your choice, right? And I hear the Lord going, you said yes to me when I said. Why don't you go sleep on it? Yeah, really. Because, I mean, because what God is asking is everything. Yeah. But what he gives in return is everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sweet thing to know. God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, Second Peter chapter 3 says. And so, Second Peter 1, 3 says this. The Lord has given us everything, all things for life and godliness. So, hearkening back, I will say this. When I was in college and when I was looking at the Lord going, Okay, I'm so excited that I have discovered this new life that you're giving me and the joy that you have poured into my life, which I knew was supernatural. I knew it was my choice to rejoice and I was beginning to do some studying in the word about what does this whole thing you know what is this whole new life and by the spirit in the spirit of the spirit from the spirit in me through me you know it is you know I love the scripture that says it is God who is in me both to will and then to do his good purpose Mm -hmm. he wills it and then he does it it's all him he wills it and he does it. You have to say yes. You have to say yes. Please do this for, in me and through me. But the scripture that God wrote across the, the banner over my head the, um, was uh, is this Psalm chapter forty verse three, and it says, "He, God, has put a new song in my mouth, and it is a song of praise up to God." And then the next verse says, "And many will see and fear and trust the Lord." So. I grabbed hold of that whole that first thing. He's put a new song in my mouth. It's a song of praise because I've been singing, you know, musical theater and all this kind of stuff. But I was compelled by the spirit of God to sing a new song, and yeah. He had put a new song in my mouth. Then I had to go on this journey of finding out what in the world is praise. Yeah. So I started finding, looking it up in the Hebrew, and reading every book I could read. And this was this was um. Gosh, it's been almost 30 years ago now. I can't even believe that. But for me, it was a very new journey. And so I embarked on this great and amazing um, um, uh, adventure with the Lord, discovering that Jesus, and the one of the very the very first thing Jesus said it was when he quoted Isaiah 62, the very first day he started his his um his ministry he said the spirit of God is on me and has anointed me to do these things and he then he listed out all the things preach good news proclaim liberty um to give beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness so when I when you dig into what that means that word praise is the word tahila in the Hebrew which means a song sung by the spirit it's singing, right. a garment of praise. Now, a garment, I always like to say a garment is like something. If you're cold and you're, you are you have two choices, you can walk out and keep on being cold or you can pick up a coat and put it on. So if you're heavy from the world, which we all are, because as Jesus said in his kindness, in this world, you're gonna have trouble. You'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I overcame the world. So here's the choice. You got, you have struggles, you have um, sadness, you have suffering. We do because we live in a fallen world, right? right. Here's, the, here's what we have. You have a garment of praise, but you have to put it on. You have to choose to put on a garment of praise. And that word means to sing by the Spirit. And I tell people all the time, it's our choice to rejoice. Yeah. If we want that joy that the Lord says, put on a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness or for a spirit of heaviness to combat a spirit of heaviness, if we choose to rejoice in the Lord, what happens is He lifts our head. It honors Him um, that we... There's a great verse in... Psalm, 20, Psalm 50, verse 23, it says, Whoever whoever sacrifices, praise to me, honors me, and to him I will show my salvation. Sometimes it's a sacrifice for us to praise the Lord. We see this is our situation, and the Lord says, Are you going to trust me in a situation? Or are you going to thank me and praise me anyway? It's a faith praise. It's like thanking God in advance for what you haven't yet seen. Thanking you, God. I don't get this at all. I I don't understand it. I don't get it. But I know that you're sovereign. You're in charge. You said you were. Either I believe it or I don't. And I'm struggling to believe it. And I want to believe it. I want to want to believe it. Sometimes (laughs) you have to want to want to believe it. So this is where I am. I'm three wants back. I want to want to want to believe this. So help my want to's. And so I invite you to be the one who wills and then does your good pleasure. And so standing up and saying, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of where I see our life. You know, by the way, we put our house on the market and tried for almost four years to sell our house, and it's never sold. I'm looking at the Lord going, okay, I want to praise you in the fact that no one wants to buy my house. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you want to buy my house? I would love to. Yeah. I can't, but I would love to. (laughs) <laughs> and and the only reason why is because we need a room on the ground floor as a guest room for our parents and, you know, just some other thing. But, you know, the the normal stuff that people deal with, what are you struggling with? Well, I think I'm doing everything right. I'm praying. I'm trusting God. I've marched around it like a Joshua march. I've done everything I know to do, and yet no one is by my house. Well, God, and I feel like the Lord's gone. Are you going to thank me anyway? Oh, my gosh. Eucharisteo, you know, do you know that word? Eucharisteo. It's, it's what Jesus said. The night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And that word is eucharisteo in the Greek, which is a really interesting word from which we get the word eucharist, mm-hmm. which I always thought just meant the Lord's Supper, but it doesn't. It means giving thanks by faith. Wait, giving thanks with joy, charis. The word charis is in there, eucharisteo. Mm-hmm. Giving thanks with joy by faith so jesus knowing he was going to the cross took the bread broke it gave thanks. thanks with joy caris by faith he gave thanks with joy and um, knowing where he was going that's what he did and when we celebrate the eucharist we're not celebrating the bread and i mean we're not just celebrating the bread and the you know the wine the body and the blood we're actually by faith looking forward to that, that salvation that comes in Jesus. so that is part of the whole idea of for me of in my life give, looking ahead going, I don't know what you have for me. what I know is this is what you've told me to do and I, f- I finally did it. So should we talk about this?
0: The book? Yeah, I would love to.
1: Am I talking too much?
0: Oh yeah, you're talking way too much. Okay. <laughs>